Welcome to the Yesteryear Chronicles, where we dive into the fascinating stories of history that took place on this very day. I'm Adrian, your guide to world history and sports. And I'm Becca, your resident science and music enthusiast. Adrian, are you ready to journey back in time? Always, Becca, but let's not forget to return to the present when we're done. On May 8, 1821, the Battle of Gravia Inn took place during the Greek War of Independence. Greek forces led by Odysseus Androtsos successfully defended the inn against Ottoman forces, providing a much-needed morale boost for the Greek revolutionaries. It's amazing how a single battle can have such a profound impact on a war. Speaking of revolutions, May 8, 1945, marked the end of the Prague Uprising and is now celebrated as Liberation Day in the Czech Republic. The city of Prague was liberated from Nazi occupation by Soviet forces with the help of Czech resistance fighters. The bravery and resilience of those resistance fighters is truly inspiring. On a different note, on May 8, 1950, the perfectly preserved body of the Tolan man was discovered in a Danish peat bog. This Iron Age man, who lived around 375-210 BCE, provides invaluable insights into the lives of people from that time. I always find it fascinating when we uncover pieces of history like that. It's like time travel, but without the flux capacitor. Fast-forwarding to more recent history, on May 8, 1973, the Wounded Knee occupation came to an end. Members of the American Indian Movement occupied the town of Wounded Knee, South Dakota, to protest the U.S. government's treatment of Native Americans. The occupation lasted for 71 days and helped raise awareness of Native American issues. It's important to remember the struggles that different communities have faced throughout history. What was the outcome of the Wounded Knee occupation in terms of policy changes or improvements in the lives of Native Americans? The occupation certainly brought attention to the struggles of Native Americans, leading to increased activism and some policy changes. While there have been improvements in certain areas, the broader impact on enhancing living conditions for Native communities remains an ongoing challenge. It's a reminder that the fight for justice and equality is never truly over and we must continue to support and uplift marginalized communities. Our first deep dive today takes us to the Hundred Years' War, where Joan of Arc, a young peasant girl who claimed divine guidance, played a pivotal role in lifting the Siege of Orléans on May 8, 1429. Beginning on October 12, 1428, the English laid siege to the strategically important city of Orléans. By the time Joan of Arc arrived on April 29, 1429, the city had been under siege for nearly six months. Joan's leadership and courage inspired the French forces to launch a series of attacks against the English, starting with the capture of the fortress of Saint-Louis on May 4. This was followed by the successful assault on the fortress of Saint-Jean-le-Blanc on May 6. By May 8, the French had managed to retake the heavily fortified Les Tourelles, which ultimately led to the lifting of the siege of Orléans. It's incredible how one person's determination and faith can have such a profound impact on the outcome of a conflict. How did Joan of Arc's role in the Siege of Orleans contribute to her eventual canonization as a saint? Joan's heroism during the siege, along with her unwavering faith, led to her being seen as a martyr after her execution. Over time, her story inspired generations of Catholics, ultimately leading to her canonization as a saint in 1920. Her involvement in the Siege of Orléans demonstrated her commitment to her cause and her unshakable belief in her divine guidance. That's truly inspiring. But I can't help but wonder, what happened to Joan of Arc after the Siege of Orléans? How did her story come to an end? 
Following the Siege of Orléans, Joan of Arc continued to lead French forces in several more successful battles, ultimately paving the way for the coronation of Charles VII as the King of France. However, in 1430, she was captured by the Burgundians, who were allied with the English, and was handed over to them. After a trial for heresy, Joan was found guilty and burned at the stake in 1431. Her courageous story and tragic end only added to her legacy as a symbol of faith, heroism, and martyrdom. Our second deep dive explores the history of smallpox, a devastating disease responsible for countless deaths throughout human history. Smallpox is an infectious disease caused by the variola virus, which has been afflicting humanity for thousands of years. In the 20th century alone, it is estimated that smallpox caused between 300 and 500 million deaths worldwide. The disease was highly contagious and had a fatality rate of about 30%. However, on May 8, 1980, the World Health Organization declared smallpox eradicated thanks to an unprecedented global vaccination campaign. This massive effort, which began in the late 1960s, involved numerous countries working together to vaccinate entire populations, isolate outbreaks, and track the disease's spread. It's amazing to think that such a deadly disease has been eradicated. Becca, what lessons can we learn from the successful eradication of smallpox? The eradication of smallpox highlights the power of global cooperation, the importance of vaccination, and the potential for humanity to overcome seemingly insurmountable challenges when working together towards a common goal. It also serves as a testament to the tireless efforts of healthcare workers, researchers, and governments who collaborated to achieve this incredible feat. That's truly inspiring. But looking back at the history of smallpox, what were some of the early attempts at combating the disease before the development of the vaccine? Before the smallpox vaccine was developed by Edward Jenner in 1796, people used a method called variolation, which involved intentionally infecting a healthy person with material taken from the pustules of a person suffering from smallpox. While variolation carried its own risks and complications, it often resulted in a milder form of the disease, providing some immunity to those who survived the process. Jenner's groundbreaking discovery of the smallpox vaccine using the cowpox virus revolutionized the fight against the disease and paved the way for the eventual eradication effort. Let's talk a bit about pop culture. And speaking of pop, on May 8, 1886, John Pemberton first sold Coca-Cola at Jacobs' Pharmacy in Atlanta, Georgia. Little did he know that his creation would become one of the most popular beverages in the world. It's amazing how a simple drink can become a global icon. The taste of Coca-Cola is unmistakable, and it's fascinating how it has managed to stay relevant for so many years. Speaking of icons, on May 8, 1877, the first Westminster Kennel Club dog show opened in New York City, celebrating the beauty and diversity of our canine companions. The event showcased dogs of all shapes and sizes, and it's still going strong today. Dogs certainly have a special place in our hearts. I can't imagine life without our furry friends. In the world of entertainment, Paramount Pictures was founded on May 8, 1912. The studio has produced numerous iconic films and television shows, becoming a major player in the entertainment industry. From classic movies like Sunset Boulevard to modern blockbusters like the Mission Impossible series, Paramount has made quite an impact. They certainly have a knack for creating memorable stories. And lastly, on May 8, 1970, the Beatles released their final album, Let It Be. Though the band would soon part ways, their music continues to captivate and inspire people around the world.
Personally, I think the production on Let It Be is a bit overwrought. I prefer the stripped-down version, Let It Be Naked. Interesting. I haven't listened to Let It Be Naked yet. What's your favorite track on Let It Be? My favorite track is The Long and Winding Road, but I especially love the version on Let It Be Naked. It feels more raw and emotional without the heavy orchestration. How about you? What's your favorite track on the album? I'd have to say Across the Universe is my favorite. There's just something so dreamy and timeless about it. But now I'm curious to hear the Let It Be Naked version. Thank you for joining us on this journey through the Chronicles of May 8th. Before we go, we'd like to acknowledge that today is World Red Cross and Red Crescent Day, a day to recognize the vital humanitarian work carried out by these organizations worldwide. As we remember the stories we've shared today, let's also celebrate the spirit of compassion and unity that drives their efforts. See you tomorrow for more Chronicles of Yesteryear.